Hey everybody, Ben Trinkrove here. Welcome back to another episode of the Human Source Codex. In today's episode, Kelly and I go deep into a topic that we've titled How to Unfuck Your Bank Account. So, excuse the, the, the language, but uh, this is kind of an area that a lot of people that we've found really struggle in this area. I've found myself really struggling in this area and um, it's of course to do around finances. So, we'll cue the theme song and we'll get straight into How to Unfuck Your Bank Account. So the big question is this, how do truth-seeking entrepreneurs like us sift through the gurus and teachers that persuade us through hype by promoting half-truths? How do we as inspired individuals raise our awareness so we can access ever greater levels of achievement and fulfillment? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ben Trengrove and welcome to the Human Source Codex with co-host Kelly Stewart. Where does it sit with you intuitively? Where do you want to kind of start with this concept around how to unfuck your bank account? Well, I mean, you know, like, well, let's start with the words that you're using, like, to unfuck your bank account, you really have to fuck up your, your financial, uh, you know, standpoint of where you're at, don't you? So is it, is it relationary to finances and, and the perception of success of how much money you have in your bank account. And so what does, what does unfuck really mean? Right. And mm. is it, is it, what is it in relation to, is it in relation to somebody else's perception of that you should have a certain amount of money in your account? You know, when we hear the, hear the word should, um, we're, we're injecting outside authorities into ourselves. Like we're, we're trying to live inside somebody else's values that we perceive we should have this certain amount of money in, in our bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that is the first place that I would, you know, I'd love to be able to explore that is because well, we see a lot of people in our work with depression and um, you know, it's even led people to suicide because they perceive that they don't have enough money, you know, to be able to survive or to be able to do the things that they want to do or they can't see themselves being somebody that they that they want to be because they're comparing themselves outside to somebody else, right? So, you know, this is where having the consciousness to really come back to what's most important to you and your values is where your bank account is really going to sit, right? And mm-hmm. if you don't have a value on saving money or wealth building, then simply your bank account is not going to be, uh, you know, in, in excess, right? There's plenty of people on this planet that are comfortable with living day to day and living week to week, you know? And they, well, yeah, comfortably uncomfortable because we know the construct of um, uh, polarity, right? Mm. But, you know, I heard, I heard a story the other day, which I think is just absolutely brilliant, is that um, there was these missionaries that were going around. We will call them missionaries, right? But, you mm. know, we know what they really are. They're the people that are peddling peddling hope to people that if they can actually build their bank account to a certain amount of money, then they're going to be happy. Right. So they're peddling happiness. Right. And so there's these guys that they 
they went into a place where they come across some guys that were surfing every day, right? And so they went down and spoke to them about, you know, wouldn't you love to be able to, you know, uh, build your bank account to a certain degree? And, you know, and the, the, the person that they were actually talking to was actually quite astute. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'd love to hear more about this. So, you know, like if you come and actually learn how to actually uh, – provide particular aspects of your service and then you can build a bigger business and you can have great entrepreneurship and then you can be a CEO of a company and then you can have all these employees and then you can actually uh, you know create your wealth through having 10 million dollars right but you've got to go through all these steps first and um, and then the the server guy said to him well, what, what am I going to get when I get to the end of that and he goes well then it gives you the freedom to do what you want and he goes, well, aren't I doing that anyway? Yeah. <laughs> Surfing. Yeah, exactly, right? So, you know, it becomes, it becomes what's most important to you in terms of your perceptional value. And if you're, if you're comfortable and your, your true value is to go surfing every day and, and you can just earn enough money to be able to do that. And, you know, there's another part of that story is that they, it's actually a true story. And that, that they would actually work four hours a day to be able to create enough money to pay the rent, to be able to uh, get their food, to be able to go and enjoy the surfing that they, they wish to do, right? So you could say that they're in, in some form of retirement at the beginning of their lives as opposed to the perception of what we should be doing at the end of our lives, right? So, you know, which one is right or wrong? Yeah. And, and like you've brought up so many key points and just kind of jumping back to a couple, like, again, I think we naturally attract people that are, um, you know, have this taste and this, this awareness of, you know, wanting to something like level up, achieve more, have more fulfillment. They're curious of mind, you know, all these kind of elements. And because of this, people have dived deep into personal development then the masses and I think it's through this process, you also definitely subordinate. And I've mentioned this a couple of times and it was to me. So when I think of a surfer, if a surfer is looking up to other surfers that they look up to and maybe subordinating to them, maybe they do just look at the lifestyle of like, how can I do the least to get the most and what I want to do? How do I do the least meaning work four hours a day, pay my rent, right? So it's only, we only want this, this unfucked bank account when we are looking out in society of what we think is going to give us a certain feeling state status. Everything everything that we do in life is to actually achieve a feeling or to avoid a feeling. Right. Yeah. So we can be conscious to that. Like what is it that we're striving for? What is it that we're trying to avoid? And you know, uh, the majority of us have, have been, um, have adapted hedonically, you know, seeking pleasure without pain. And so that, that's, that has been like a source indoctrination into humanity since the beginning of time in some form through many different constructs of thought and belief systems. Yeah. And, and when we can actually break free from those indoctrinated or injected authorities, then we start to become free to our own minds. Right. We become a sense of sovereignty to our own souls. We become more sovereign beings. In that place is where we can actually extract the most wealth and meaning. 
And then from that place, when we're, we're so sovereign, that we, we then can ask the question, you know, what is it that we want to be, do, have and give for our lives? And we want to be able to look at coming back to everything that we teach in um, the Human Source Codex is the, the universal principles. So this is where I choose to live my life from is, is those principles. And we can look at the principle of fair exchange, right? And so the principle of fair exchange is also relationary to the principles of polarity and the principles of correspondence and the principles of compensation and the principles of cause and effect. So they're all entangled within that, right? So we can just simplify it is that fair exchange is simply supply and demand. And, and so we want to be able to, uh, you know, look at what are we going to actually, you know, give to be of service, enable to receive the very things that we would love to have, be and do, and then to be able to give, right? Those four aspects of humanity. And when we're out of fair exchange, that's where we start to see, uh, you know, a lack of income, a lack of wealth building, a lack of internal wealth building or soul sovereignty happening. So I'm labeling soul sovereignty is also the, the, um, the spiritual aspect of wealth because I class human beings that are truly wealthy are those are the ones that are in most fair exchange within their own value system. And they're also in fair exchange with humanity and in mm. fair exchange with universal laws mm. or universal consciousness. So, so when we kind of jump discussing this fair exchange and, you know, I've heard it explained in, in different ways. So when we are and this more applies to entrepreneurship at the moment and we'll, and we'll, and we'll shift to if someone's an employee in a second, but if you are providing a service and you provide more then you're feeling that you are going to get paid. You become uh, what narcissistic and also resentful, right? You become no? resentful. I wouldn't say narcissistic. It, okay. It's um, there's a self-righteous belief within you that you actually deserve more or you should be getting paid more. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's also looking at um, what is the driving force of actually the person actually giving more, giving more of themselves up than actually receiving what they're actually worth. You know, there could be all these underlying components in there that are actually hindering, hindering, uh, you know, that fair exchange between uh, giving and receiving. Yeah, because th this is where I think it is so important when we are playing with this topic, how to unfuck your bank account, because as we move past, like even just as we move past things like, you know, just as simple as like, you know, how to sell effectively and, you know, all that past, all getting past that. If you do not have, uh, if you don't value yourself, if you don't value your services, if you're not providing a need in the marketplace, these are all going to affect what you receive and at, uh, at the amount and all this kind of stuff. Right. So if someone is, say I'm providing um, a service to someone or, you know, and, I sell myself out, right? Because I, I just want the money. I say I'm infatuated with money. So I, I, I say, yeah, I'll do it at a much lower price. Say I give a 50% discount. And because the workload is the same and there's a lot of workload and I start to become resentful, what is that feedback? Is that to kind of go, shit, I'm, I'm sick of selling myself short? Like what is the feedback of being out of fair exchange to self? Well, 
I mean, let's ask you that question. You know, like what when you you feel like you're actually giving more than you're actually receiving, what is the feedback that you start to actually get from your physiology? Because yeah. we know that that's the first form of feedback. What does that actually bring up in you? That's a good question. Psychology, I can answer that. Physiology, physiology. I'm not actually too sure. What in the form of like distress in the body? I guess like. And what is that? What do you label that as? Stress. Tension, stress, stress anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety. What else do you label it as? Uh, stress, anxiety. Those are probably what, what come up. It's the feeling uh, uninspired, I guess you could say, because it's especially if you wake up on a quote unquote Monday, I've got to now jump into this work. Fuck, I have to do this work. It's uninspiring because you feel out of value. You feel out of fair exchange. That's Say that again, that I feel out of value, that I'm not being valued for the work that I'm actually providing or giving, right? Yeah. So there is a there is a sentiment of the feeling of unfulfillment within within your physiology, which then actually leads to the elements of uh, you know, stress and anxiety, which is you know the secondary byproduct of, of the primary source. Yeah. And then we we step on into resentment, which then incites, you know, another feeling of anger and frustration, blah, 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 right? So we, we start to actually see this catalyst effect that, that is occurring. But, you know, this is beautiful because those things are simply just to bring you back to a state of equilibrium within yourself to ask the quality question of, like, what the fuck am I doing that I don't really, uh, I'm not inspired to be doing and that I'm actually, you know, doing this for others and not not for myself i mean i mean like in that remember i'm doing this more for others than more for myself so i'm out of fair exchange so therefore the balance of giving and receiving is actually out of um balance simply yeah, yeah. so it's the, t the scale is tipped towards one another direction yeah. and you know this is where um you know, we see so many different behavioral patterns from people that come in and then we, we stem off to that into shame and guilt. The number one thing that stops people from receiving financially is shame and guilt, right? So they feel guilty to themselves that, oh my God, what did I do that for? I shouldn't have done that. Or, um, you know, I gave so much of my time. They start beating themselves up and then that gets in the way of them receiving and then they feel shameful because of, the way that they've actually, you know, underlyingly probably had a hidden agenda to be able to get something, but they, they didn't, right? So mm -hmm. these are just feedback mechanisms to awaken people to like, the imbalanced perceptions or, or um, beliefs of the way that they actually go around wanting to receive as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and, as, and as we kind of expand on that, we have touched on guilt and shame a little bit in past uh, episodes, but... As we park that for a second, I just wanted to share like a real life story of um, feeling out of fair exchange. And this was when I was more solely around doing uh, uh, some marketing for some companies and, and entrepreneurs. And although I had some experience and I had some wins and, you know, the marketing advertising realm is heavily, um, how do you say, it? you know, it's hyped up and people promising results. And um, because at the time I didn't have like the string of results, I would often undersell myself, right? Undervalue myself, sorry. Because I perceived that I had to sell a result. I had to sell a result because I was coming from this place of guilt and shame that if I was to provide a service that I couldn't deliver on, right? 
So anyway, there's all these things t- tied up. But what happened was after the second, third, fourth kind of client, because the workload was the same and quite often very intellectually, like it required a lot of thinking and strategy, I started to become resentful, which was the feedback because I was like, fuck, there's actually a lot of work to this. Why aren't they valuing it? However, the beautiful feedback in this was I need to better communicate through from my frustration, just the level of value they are getting. And this is why I would start to do videos on it. This is why I would start to educate them. Like, this is maybe why I'm different. We, you know, you got to remember, you got to look at this, 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 and this, right? And when that started to happen, I was also starting to, I was able to charge more, right? So that was the the beautiful feedback in it. So I just wanted to kind of, I wanted to share that uh, that real life story of happening to me. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that you had the the opportunity to be able to step into those realizations and and look what it actually brought for you. But you know, oh, yeah. there's a there's a quick, you know, the thing is, you know, money and wealth building and you know, unfucking your bank account is the number one thing that people are, are, are want to have a fix on right and it's the number one thing that we see on socials at the moment is selling into you know how to how to make money really yeah but i want to ask the one question you know that in the essence of wealth building in the essence of money in the essence of unfucking your bank account what is the perception that money actually gives you right? exactly yeah so really if you're listening to this podcast you're listening to this interview i want you really just to contemplate on that what is the essence of the perception that money is actually giving you right and you know when i ask my clients this question they're like oh oh you know um and then we 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 trace it all the way back to like their core components of what it is that they perceive that they're actually gaining or getting money is actually giving them. Then I'd love to ask this next question, you know, like what do you actually give to money? Because if you're not, yeah. What, what, what do you actually, what you, you have this essence of perception that money is going to give you something. Then what is it that you actually give to money? Because we have to be in fair exchange with it to be able for it to actually grow. Right. That's that's the universal construct. So and then and you know I get these perplexing looks all the time. You know, like what do you what huh? What did what did you just say? What is it that I actually give to money? Well, it's the way that it's framed, right? Another way you can frame it is what, what am I what am I willing to do to give off service to be in fair exchange? No, I'd like to no, I'd like to invite you. You know, like what is it that I actually give to money, right? Uh-huh. And and really sit in that question. What is it that, that me as a human being, as in the existential form, being authentic to who I am in my nature, what is it that you know, I'm asking to actually perceive, uh, to receive money, but what is it that I actually bring and give to money? It's a hard one because you can't personify it then. Ah, interesting. And so this is where I go really deep into in the course oh, gotcha. is, is looking at, really seeing that question and being able to draw out this component because it frees up the life inside of you to become soul sovereign to who you are and live the most authentic life that you really truly can be right well you've, and, never, posed, you've never posed that question to me uh well 
Mm-hmm. But, but, some, but, things so, are, some things I've got to keep to myself. I know, but <laughs> just, to, just to expand on that a little bit, and sorry for butting in, but it was just, is the, not the purpose, but for me to kind of go, hold on a minute, I can't personify money. I don't actually exchange myself for money. I exchange myself through a service. Is it to have that realization that money is obviously nothing again as a medium of exchange? Therefore, it's, you're never focusing on the service. Okay, so let's look at what is money? Well, it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an accepted global form of, of medium of exchange. And what is a medium of exchange? It's an agreed upon... Um, is it agreed? Uh, is it an agreed? Well, we all have different currencies, right? From New Zealand dollar to Australian dollar. Agre- we, sure. So what is the, what is the essence of, of currency in the exchange of what? So these are, these are the questions that I you can see now Bernie is actually like having to actually really go deep into his consciousness to actually look at that uh, and to think and to postulate what, what, is the, what is the meaning of the essence of currency. Right. So really, if, uh, if you want to get to the construct of money, it's just a form of exchange of energy. And when we have, when we have perceptions around money, and we have unbalanced perceptions, then the energy becomes, uh, it becomes imbalanced or it becomes polarized and it starts actually pendulating into a, a different direction. So therefore the energy component actually is not in, in fair exchange. So, you know, this is going deep into like uh, the exchange of, of energy and uh, physics and quantum physics, second laws of second laws of thermodynamics that actually play a part here. So you just start to actually postulate that uh, that money is just an exchange of energy. Yeah. So I see this how this plays out also in the form of you'll get um, you know educators, gurus, whoever you want to call them. Bob Proctor's one. You know how to change your your wealth frequency, your wealth energy here, you know, they're all just different terms and personifications and names, but I guess I've always looked at it as a, because I do come from this, that science kind of thinking, logical thinking as a mechanical, what's the, what's the word? Mechanistic. Mechanistic form, you know, meaning, okay, I have to provide a form of a service in, in exchange for the money. However, if you go a little bit more abstract, yes, you could go, well, if I've got these perceptions around money or attachments to money, right? That's a, that's a form of energy. It's a form of vibration. It's a form of thinking. It's also going to put you out of fair exchange. Well, if you can bring them into balance and you understand like, um, you know, the laws of physics, you just talked about um, the form of exchange as being mechanistic, right? mechanism on its own or the, the mechanistic components on its own is, is definitely out of balance because it's not actually looking at the laws of correspondence to having the vitalistic component that goes alongside that is also integrated with mechanistic. So vitalism and mechanism, they, they go hand in hand together. They're not ever inseparable from each other. It's only our mind that creates the inseparate, the inseparability. Think, yes, that's a big part. There's so many people that teach Sam Ovens one, and he's just my go-to for sometimes. There's so many people selling the courses and the rich around mechanistic. And then there's also people that are over on the, on the sway polarity to the, the, the spiritual side. That's all that side. Exactly. However, that's why we like to teach, 
teach them both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. this is this is my path is to teach balance, you know, and balance and, and uh, we're coming back to the universal constructs of the seven universal principles, which are all entangled with each other, would actually create uh, flow and balance unicity as such, right? And what we tend to see is that there becomes internal conflicts within people between their spiritual and their material nature. So we could also say that we have a mechanistic, which is materialism, right? Then we have mm -hmm. vitalistic, which is spirit, spiritual. Mm -hmm. So they're very close in construct. And we quite often hear this through, you know, like there's a lot of people that are spiritual and they, they perceive the construct as money, they label it as, you know, evil and bad. But they're, they're swung or they're polarized too, too far in one side in, into their spiritualism. But they haven't looked at the materialistic component that has to go hand in hand with that. So, you know, this is where we'll go deeper in understanding like these components within ourselves, within our perceptions and our thoughts and our beliefs and um, being able to uh, reconcile these conflicts of, of states of mind and state and belief systems, right? So, and bringing, bringing light to the internal struggles between uh, particular desires to give and receive. And, in, you know, I've worked with, you know, we look at the word charity and I've worked in many different aspects of, you know, just to say charitable organisations and, uh, you know, I, I go into those companies and look at, you know, a particular one last year that I went into and, and uh, it, it's a charitable organisation in the States, 501c3, and looking at the, the core driver of them wanting to actually receive because of the, you know, they've created this business to be able to assist others, right? But really that was actually being driven by what we call uh, polarised altruistic uh, agendas, right? And there was a reason why it wasn't actually receiving a balance of income and it was driving deeper and deeper into, into having to be more mechanistic in it. Uh, you know, having to do more harder work, much harder work, having to, you know, do the grind, the daily hustle, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever words that you want to label it as hard work, right? So it was driving deeper and deeper into that because of their belief system of it's better to actually give than receive, right? And so they were giving out in one part, you know, free to the people that were utilizing the services and but expecting to actually receive from others without having to do, you know, the, the mechanistic component. So therefore very polarized in the spiritual belief system of that. So, mm. but the, the physiological feedback of the company, because a company is an entity within itself with its own energy, which also has feedback coming into it, which I call physiological feedback to the company, was that, you know, it was showing these behaviors uh, you know, when it's balance sheet, et cetera, but also through its staff, et cetera, that were um, as one coming back into, you know, like an entanglement of the whole, the very things that you talked about earlier on, stress, anxiety, resentment, frustration, da 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 da, da, da right? Yeah. So because if there was an imbalance in the perception of between the spiritual and the material or the mechanistic and the vitalistic, 
Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, that's so powerful. I was, I was thinking of a, a question that was on the tip of my tongue, and now I've forgotten. It was around. <laughs> don't you hate that when that happens? It was around. Oh, you know, you you mentioned. Well, before I jump into that, actually, for anyone that does want to, you know, because Kelly's mentioned it a few times and is very foundational to um, all of our seminar courses is the Hermetic Principles, the Universal Principles. And you can actually go to YouTube, just type in Human Source Codex. And on there, you'll be able to see in, you know, about an eight to nine hour that is broken up into segments of these Universal Principles that you can kind of start indoctrinating yourself and learning more about. And because Kelly is very abstract and I'm more in the science realm, as she starts to explain it, I enjoy being able to bring it down into real life uh, metaphors and, and things. So I think it will serve both the abstract mind and also the people that like the details. So I encourage you to go and explore that. But when, and, and on that point, when we went in to talk about the hermetics, Kelly, you mentioned the law of gender, right? And I was thinking, oh, there's something to do with sexual energy or transmutation, which in a degree it was but for me at the time i saw that as the least known or the least powerful to me or the least you know relevant to me however it's actually become so relevant to me now the more i learn around feminine energy and masculine energy and at least in my perception at the moment masculine is the the logical mind it's the it's the it's the planning it's the doing it's the we'll call it hustling grinding all that and then the feminine energy is in the in the flow state and just leaving things be just, you know, this is my perception anyway. So I'm far over to the masculine, far over to this go, 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 go. Now I bring all that up for this. When we talk about fair exchange, my last 10 years, or probably ever since ever being in and out of self-employment has been heavily masculine and heavy, heavily, uh, mechanic, what's the word? Mechanistic. Mechanistic. Mechanistic, right? Mm -hmm. There's almost been, I wouldn't say zero, but very little conscious effort towards the vital, vitalistic part. And this is being, and that's why I've perceived, at least comparing to what I want, where I wanted to be financially, because I wasn't coming from this inspired purpose place that I was providing a service that I actually loved and was inspired to give. And that is such an important piece to unfucking your bank account. Oh, totally, Benji. Totally. Thank you for. Thank you for bringing that up and uh, interpreting, interpreting sometimes my in-depth abstract components that I uh, I'm here. see. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. But well, I, I mean, like to simplify it too, is that the majority of people are looking for financial freedom, right? And if, if you really want to unfuck your bank account and step into levels of financial freedom, it is, it is really the freedom of mind. And the freedom of mind is to actually understand and to have no knowledge and direct experience through these components that we're actually talking about in fair exchange. So we come back to fair exchange. Fair exchange for financial freedom is to understand the consciousness that actually goes with it, the vitalistic component, the mechanistic component, the spiritual component, and the actual materialist component. They to bring them into a state of balance is where you're going to get the essence of financial freedom. And then that will actually free up your mind, which then will change your state of energy and state, change the state of flow that you, you start to actually operate in. And when we can get to that, that state, then we become what we call, you know, like a, an attractor. 
And that's where we start to actually attract different opportunities like to you, you know, and it, it may be in the form of, you know, our conversations could be of wealth value to people. Um, uh, being able to travel could be in wealth value to people. You know, there's, there's different aspects which are, which are authentic to you, whoever's listening to this as a soul, soul sovereign being, you know, money is not the full essence of actual financial freedom, right? It's not the full essence of wealth building. It's one component of many to be able to take yourself into that state of being. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's explore that just a little bit because I know that's going to confuse some people because when I first heard about that, you know, you've just got it in a different form. It's very abstract to the mind when you first comprehend it. So going a little bit back to, again, I encourage people to go back, a couple, I think it was last episode a couple ago when we went deeper into axiology, right? To kind of know what's driving your life, how you perceive, decide and act in the world. So if someone, let's just say someone's value is their first family value is say family, and then it's learning, and then it's health and exercise, right? And say you're an employee, right? And you're like, man, I just want to earn more money. How do I get a promotion? Because I want to be able to spend more time with the family. I want to be at a nicer gym and get a personal trainer. I want to spend more money on courses. Now, when you say that financial freedom or, or finances can be in a different form, how is it that when someone's thinking of money and finances, what do you mean by it can show up in a different form? Is that the right question? Well, I guess this is where it, it's um, to really develop this out and have the true understanding and the, what I call gnosis, right? Gnosis is the full under, understanding with uh, having knowledge and experience actually integrated together is to be able to step into uh, the inception course that we are going to be doing because I can't really do it justice to actually like develop it right. out here it's, on this short yeah, part, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. But just to say, it's going to shed light on an entirely new way of looking at and understanding and appreciating the true nature of the of profit and wealth. Yeah, right? yeah. I think, and and even the way to simplify it's not the right word, but another way to look at it is it's more going through that. You know, because it's been so many years of of mine, but also your twenty plus years of of gnosis, research, experience, knowledge. In my, in my concept, it's essentially having, so money is no longer controlling you. Money is no longer having power over you. You're in a fair exchange with money, the, the idea of money, right? So, you, so we unpackage it all. You're no longer attached. Therefore, it's your safety. Therefore, it's not your life, you know? So it's getting to that place. But then it's also getting to a place or helping individuals get to a place where they understand and identify their true authentic axiology so for those that do want to go out into entrepreneurship, be self-employed, they're coming from a place like, wow, I could do this every day, provide this service and get paid for it. This is one component of building a business and a service where you wake up with energy, you're more vital, right? Because you're providing a service that you feel honored and inspired to provide to others and get paid handsomely for it. That is a, an art and a science that I think very few people understand and teach my yeah. perception yeah totally and you know when, when we when we can bring this into full consciousness right then what tends what happens i'm not gonna say what tends to happen what does happen is that 
you start to unleash this exceptional power, which I call empowerment, right? That's where we start to see that our self-worth equals other worth, right? So that's where where we're being of service to others, but our self-worth is also being met, which then equals net worth. And when, when you just do that simple sum, you know, it's just quite a simple equation is to be able to have the self-worth by being of service to others in something that is truly authentic to you, that you're fulfilled to get out of bed every single day and you're not going, oh, fuck this, I don't need to go to work, I just fucking hate my job, da-da-da-da-da, because the energy of that is actually out of, out of balance. And so that is where we start to see um, the vitalistic component actually swing towards the mechanistic because they, people start to then consume, oh, well, I'm going to go buy shit to make myself feel better, right? So therefore it becomes out of exchange. But um, bring it by bringing these components like fully conscious into what we call truth consciousness, uh, you step into a place of equity, now, we all know what equity is in terms of a balance sheet, right? Equity. And then you really start to have this sense of uh, personal empowerment, which to me, to have that sense of personal power, empowerment within self is the greatest form of fair exchange that you can actually offer as a service to others. Yeah. And I think in, in, in another form... In because, your heart, because in that space, I was going to cut you off a minute because there's just something coming okay. but in that space you know like your heart is open and you're actually authentic within your own soul sovereignty and being conscious to being authentic to yourself but you want to be of service to others people are naturally attracted to those kind of people so therefore the fair exchange your self-worth and other worth are in in unicity then and inequity, and therefore you re, you get net worth, and so does the people that you're actually serving. Yeah, yeah, and and, and another way that, that that it does show up, as you mentioned, equity is in the form of, you know, if I think I can't remember who the example was of the celebrity or the movie star, but you know, if I was a freelancer, I'm offering a service, and I'm an entrepreneur, and let's just say I am selling a course for a thousand dollars. If someone comes to no no no, this, I won't use the example. Let's just say I'm a graphic designer, and I'm I say, this is my hourly rate of $100. If someone comes to you and goes, hey, no problem, you know, I've got a smaller budget, any way that you'll do $60 an hour, you know, if I say, okay, I'll do it for $60, you have lowered your perceived value to 60, not 100, rather than going, hey, look, no, this is my value, this is my service. If you'd like it, fantastic, I'd be inspired to provide it to you. If not, no problem, here's someone else. In my, pers- my perception, that is someone that knows what their value is. They're not attached to money. They're looking for the client to work with and they're inspired to write it at that value that they perceive. So this continues into my question, Kelly, of if someone is going from course to course or service to service and always asking for a discount, seeking discounts, right? And they are also providing a service and they are also getting people coming to them, asking them of discounts. What is the entanglement there? Meaning, I remember Sam Ovens actually bringing this up in, in, in entanglement and the mirrors, the reflection, you know, so below, so, so above, so below kind of thing that if, if you want people to stop asking you for discounts and bringing your value down, is it that you need to go and stop asking and seeking discounts? Well, let's look at the mirror right there. So if the person is coming to you and asking for an exchange of value 
and they're wanting to actually minimize the value of what the price point is, what does it tell you? Uh, one, they may not perceive the, the, the value that you're providing them. And then so then what is that a, a, a little hint to the reflection of the life inside of them? Um, that they don't truly want it. Well, is it and that they don't truly want it or is it that they're asking for a discount because they're actually discounting the value and worth within themselves? Maybe, is it? <laughs> and proceed to like before. Mm, interesting, postulate that one. So, so these are the components of the questions that I would ask people to start to actually open up their awareness into the potentiality of what may be the cause to the effect of what you're actually labeling or judging that a person's uh, meaning asking it, for a discount. Meaning it manifests in that form. If I, if I have lower self-worth and I'm discounting myself in different forms, whether it be relationships, yeah, whatever. But you're going to act. Yeah, you're going to ask for a discount. Ah, that's the, well, that's one form it can show up as. Yeah, that's interesting. Rather than just going, okay, cool. So in my form, when I used to do this, because I did used to do this a lot, or I would do a course and it would have like a money back guarantee of action guarantee, you know, so I'd do the course, ask my money back. I wrote, wrote about this in my book quite a lot. It's that if I'm seeking that is because let's just say I've discounted myself financially. I've, I've lowered my worth financially. So it's shown up in that form. But it could be so already, so already you don't believe that you're actually worthy of that or worthy of getting that. So you're already discounting. You your discount, it. you want got it? Yeah. Yeah. So again, just, you know, everything that Kelly and I are kind of discussing, that's why, um, you know, we haven't really discussed it so much yet, but why Kelly and I were inspired to partner up and work together because not only we, are we each other's anti-particle and particle, so to speak, but quite opposite, which is, which is beautiful. But it's, we want, I wanted, and Kelly wanted to go so much deeper into the self-mastery aspect, right? And I don't mean self-mastery from a narcissistic point, but the mission that Kelly and I had was if we can redefine how self-mastery is achieved and have governance over mind, and as the ripple effect goes into the collective, as cheesy or not as it sounds, we wanted to raise the collective consciousness through the individuals, right? So that's why through our different courses and levels of consciousness and awareness, we really wanted to strip it back into history of ancient civilizations and teachings from them. We wanted to bring the abstract in and then have me also help interpret and explain that. Because this is when you get a deeper knowledge a deeper understanding and then we facilitate the experience through questions to help you bring the awareness and experience which gives you the gnosis right so that's why uh, there's many components that we've mentioned yet there's so many more so as we start to do these daily podcasts we're touching on many different topics and different forms to kind of help bring this awareness to you guys so i hope you're finding this of value but with that said kelly have you got anything that you'd like to finish with when it comes to unfucking your bank account <laughs> Well, I guess, you know, yeah, Benji, of course, I, unfucking your bank account starts with uh, your perceptions or the inception of perception first, right? And this is where we come to the source of the creation of whatever we may label a problem or whatever we 
may label, you know, like a cause that we want to create or an effect that we want to create. Your vision and mission, you know, whether you have a great big dream or your goals, etc. You know, this this relates to everything. It's not just uh, the wealth that you perceive that you don't have in your bank account. And uh, you, you, I'd love this, what you just said about like uh, expanding consciousness of humanity because that is the true essence of what I'm actually here for. And yes, I may speak a little abstract at times, but I, I hoping that people can be able to just hang in there, bear with us and be able to dive deeper into also raising the wealth of their intellect, right? Because the wealth of their intellect is where that they'll truly be able to actually raise raise themselves in every aspect of every area of life as well. And I just want to leave you with because um, I'm guessing there'll be people thinking, oh well, like she's spiritual as fuck, right? And yes, I'm spiritual as fuck. I'm also materialistic as fuck as well too. So there is the two components that actually go together. And spirit requires matter to express itself. Yeah, beautifully said. And, and matter needs spirit to, to, to give it motion and meaning, right? So as your understanding grows, you begin to see spirit and matter in all things, the two inseparable aspects of the same root substance, right? And that substance that I like to call when spirit and matter are actually integrated with each other, inseparable, and you can see them side by side, is what I love to call just love and energy. So money in itself is spirit and matter. It's just an exchange of energy. Hey everybody, this is Kelly. Really quickly, I just wanted to invite you to join our web class at inceptionmasterclass.com. Ben and I have found through our own journeys of self-mastery the intrinsic hunger that we all have deep inside of us to be more, to do more, have more and give more. We believe everybody is one paradigm away from something. Some of you guys are one paradigm away from discovering exactly what your purpose here on earth is. Some of you are one paradigm away from that deeply fulfilling intimate relationship. Some of you are one paradigm away from that level of health and physique that you desire. Some of you are one paradigm away from giving your bank account a massive boost. So we put together this in-depth web class together as an insight into our signature program, the Inception Masterclass series. That has been responsible for dozens of individuals in raising their levels of success in all seven areas of life. This web class is going to help you understand the philosophy, strategy, the implementation tactics and the full truth. That's it, the full truth behind what is needed for you to obtain ever greater levels of achievement and intelligence. So what I recommend you do right now, stop everything, pause this audio, go online and go to inceptionmasterclass.com. That's inceptionmasterclass.com. And join the next live web class with Ben and I. There's a web class starting in the next few days, so go and sign up right now inceptionmasterclass.com